1: Thank you.
2: Ready for some football talk? This is from Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard. We'll tackle the personal and unheard stories of the players, coaches, and fans, and we'll score with the stories and headlines from this week in college and pro football. Now here's Derek Kennard.
3: Welcome back to From Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard. Hey, this has been a wonderful uh, past week, and and. Um, what a wonderful Father's Day weekend uh, I had, and I hope, I trust that all my listeners did, too. Uh, this has just been a wonderful week of of just uh, some pure happiness. But it's been kind of hot here in the desert, and uh, we, we've also been, uh, I want to acknowledge that we've been having some fires here out here in the desert, and and um, uh, we sh- we're starting to have control of a few of them, and I uh, just want to acknowledge our firefighters, how much we appreciate them, and uh, uh, all the people that are doing all that hard work out there in that heat, along with additional heat of, of the flames. All right, we want to get started here today by talking about the uh – not the labor dispute, of course, I would like to talk about Mr. Verber from the Rams. He was um awarded five point four million dollars in a steroid uh he was he was accused of taking steroids and was suspended from the team and uh for uh, damages to his to his character, damages to his career, he was awarded $5.4 million. And, boy, this kid, uh, you know, he was the last player taken in the 08 draft and, uh, and for the St. Louis Rams. And this kid has turned out to be a starter um uh with the rams and he's doing very well and uh and I tell you this kid this kid uh he stuck to his guns and did not rescind his uh uh his deal with uh, uh claiming that he did not take steroids and i and i commend this young man for sticking to his guns and and uh fighting for his for his name i mean this kid well he lost. Uh, some of the damages lost for this kid, reason why he was awarded so much financial reward, was uh, you know uh, athletes are individual contractors, and what happens is when you are an individual contractor, you are able to go out and and uh, uh, solicit shoe contracts and endorsements, and he was unable to uh, attract the Nikes and and or uh, Reebok and Adidas because of the uh, the allegations that was imposed upon him. So Mr. Verber, he turned around and turned this thing around and uh, and sued uh, for financial gain as well as his namesake. And uh, he accomplished both by uh, winning in the courts and uh, get reeked refurbishing his name so he is able to go back out and, and solicit those contracts uh for whether it's uh for Nike, Adidas and or other endorsements with uh EA Sports and uh, the Madden games—all that stuff—that is available for, for professional professional athletes out there today. This is uh, this is these are outside of, of playing the game. Uh, this is some of the additional income that athletes are able to earn. This, uh, despite their regular contract, some players are are learning earning more money from uh, their endorsements than they are from their actual contracts. So this was a big win for him, and uh, he was able to recoup some of those losses. And good for him. And I just wanted to acknowledge this young man for sticking to his guns, and what an awesome job he did. All right, we want to move on to. Yes, again, the labor dispute, you know, the the owners and players are going to resume talks tomorrow, and uh, they're going to uh, meet up in Chicago. All 32 team owners will be in town for this meeting, and uh, what will they get accomplished? Uh, There are a number of of issues that are still on the table Uh, these past couple of weeks, the owners as well as the players of, uh, with DeMarcus Smith has been been together talking about uh, uh some of the issues and it looks like they're starting to close down the ranks on, um, uh, on issues. So they're, they're getting some of the issues out of the way, and, uh, and they're being very closed mouth about and, and not allowing the media to know what is, what is it that they've resolved and what have they not resolved yet. So it is uh, yet to be determined because they're, they're playing it close to the vest when it comes down to the, the actual conversations that are taking place Placed in these uh, these labor negotiations between DeMarcus Smith and the uh, and the uh, owners as well as uh, as our commissioners, so we're going to have uh, the commissioner DeMarcus Smith, all 32 owners, and the representatives from the players are going to be there in Chicago tomorrow to to continue discussions and and possibly come to some resolutions on some issues. Now. Uh, training camp blooms next month and um, some some uh, some teams are due in as early as the first uh, uh, right after the fourth of july uh, because they have a game at the end of july for that hall of fame game that takes place early on in all season every year in, in canton ohio now with that being at risk um you know, a lot of things have to uh be formulated at this meeting tomorrow and they're they're gonna talk about some of these things uh on how to recover this season and and, and to uh get all these contracts and for free agents and the rookies. How can we get them into camp and how's this rookie wage scale going to come into play and there are so many issues and then of course they have the former players. They're trying to come through to a resolution of a number to to, uh, to, to compensate the former players uh, from the Retired NFL Players Association. They have they still are at the table with them as well, and our, our voices are being heard there. And that's uh, to be commended as well for uh, DeMarcus Smith, including the retired players, in, in, into the conversations with the owners as well. Uh, and the uh, current players all right moving on to the next topic I want to talk about Tiki Barber he's, uh trying to make a comeback uh, he retired four years ago from the NFL after a, a wonderful 10-year career with the New York Giants he's the all-time leading rusher for the Giants and Tiki Barber looked like he had a promising career heading into the, what is it, the NBC um, took him on, and uh, he went aboard with that staff and did a wonderful job, I thought, uh, uh, initially. And then um, after, after being there for uh, two years, he was released. And he spent his third year with Fox Sports. Fox Sports uh, took him on and... Um and he took on a, an assignment of, of doing the sideline uh, uh, interviews with players and coaches. And apparently he didn't do a good uh, a good job, and uh, uh, Fox Networks let him go. And last year, uh, 2010, he spent the entire year sitting on the couch uh, uh, somewhat feeling sorry for himself and going into a deep depression. So... Um, you know this led to him having uh, going through a divorce losing his wife his kids his family and of course the rumors of him being involved with a uh, a young lady that he worked with uh with uh NBC named Tracy and Tracy uh took him in after he uh, left his wife and kids and uh
2: and uh
3: man what a what a, what of turning events for this young man. But, you know, he, he he wants to make a comeback. He's saying that he is uh, trying to make this comeback, and it uh, looks good for him. But uh, as far as his body is concerned, um, because he took the four years off, but these young kids are coming out now, and they are on fire. And to compete with them young guys, at, and he's 36, and these guys coming out of college at 20, 21 years old, and they're just Moking hot on fire I don't know if he has the fire and the burn uh, uh, to burn with these young kids but hey we're going to find out hopefully if this lockout ends uh, then he'll have a chance to prove himself and I'm not sure if he has any takers now I know the Giants has owned the rights to uh, Tiki Barber and I know that his brother plays a big part in this because he is not retired yet he is still playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and his twin 20- Brother is doing well and playing well into his mid thirties, and looks like he's going to have another two to four years left on his body. So he wants to do some of the things that his twin brother is doing, and but you can't blame him uh, considering all the tournament events that's taking place with him, with the loss of his family uh, through divorce, and as well as uh, as well as uh, you know this depression he's going through. It may do uh, a good deal for his morale. All right, <clears throat> this next topic I want to talk about is the, the Reggie Bush situation in, uh, in New Orleans. And, you know, it, they're saying that Reggie Bush, uh, um, the Saints have given him permission to shop himself around. You know, and Reggie Bush is, uh, you know, he's got to look at it this way. And this is just my personal opinion all NFL teams have two backs, are so called a one-two punch. If he can just settle down and and, and, uh, and allow the young kid to come in, and uh, from Alabama Ingram to come in, and he can be the thunder, and Bush can be the lightning, and they can forget that one-two punch, such as. The New York Giants do, and uh, I believe it. Uh, it worked with him back in college too, when he had uh, Mr. White was the thunder and he was the lightning. They uh, provided a awesome one two punch and a change of gears when you have those two different running backs in there that has two different running styles. It, it's an awesome one two punch when you have. Two Heisman Trophy winners. Well, I know they took Reggie Bush's Heisman, but really did they? They vacated it as well as the national championship. But you know what? they I don't think they still can take that from that man because he outright won and nobody else wanted to receive it after he relinquished it. He was the outright winner of that trophy that year he He won that trophy outright, so Reggie Bush calm down, take on this uh the ingram coming in and accept him with open arms, and get over yourself. Come on, man. That's that come on, man, program. Come on. Get over yourself. Get the thing together. All right, we're going to come back right after. You take a Tic Tac right after these messages.
0: Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Tired of the same mundane talk radio show, boring opinions, and people not knowing or telling the truth? Tune into The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. This show is brought to you by two men who know the good, the bad, and the ugly of professional sports. Josh and Otis's experience and careers in the NFL give them access to the inside information and a reason to have a candid opinion. Tune into the Voice America Sports Channel Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific. The Sports Life with Josh and Otis. It's more than sports talk. It's a way of life. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel.
2: are listening to from under the helmet with Derek kennard we want to hear from you now call in with your comments questions or whatever to 1-888-346-9144 1-888-346-9144 or shoot us an email to dk7drey at yahoo.com now back to the show
3: Welcome back from Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard here. Uh, please feel free to call in at 888-346-9144. That is 888-346-9144. Alright, I just finished up that first segment uh, talking about uh, Reggie Bush and and, uh, of, of course, uh, Tiki Barber and the owners uh, of the Collective Bargaining Agreement and as well as the, uh, the Rams-Verba Verb, guy, that, uh, this uh, young man that won, won that tremendous lawsuit for uh, his defamation of character and, and as, as well as that uh, the steroid issue was put to bed. All right, here in this next segment, we're going to talk about the risk. him wants to make a move with McNabb. Excuse me. I I didn't the Ram, uh the, the, the Rizkins make a a new contract out for uh McNabb at the end of the last season. I mean even during the time that the coach benched him uh he was benched on the sideline they gave him this humongous contract and paid him all this money and now during the course of this offseason um uh, the uh, of course the head coach has named this young, other young kid as the uh, as the the, the incumbent uh, starter going into the 2011 season and of course, here is the owner uh, upstaging the coach, stating that um, you know uh, that they just want to keep uh, make a stab at keeping uh, McNabb, and I don't uh, I don't understand. This is it's a two headed monster going on here? Uh, the coach is saying one thing, and then you have another. Uh, the other, the co- uh, the owner is saying another, and um, apparently uh, business. On the business executive level, as a as a general manager, uh, if you're going to give this guy a twenty million dollar signing bonus, while the coach has already benched him, the, is, the line has already been etched in the sand already. This young man has to stay in risking land and prove his worth because they've given him a ton of money already, a signing bonus of $20 million for him to stay in in D.C. So, uh, (laughs) Coach, I don't think you have a leg to stand on over there, big fella. You're going to have to bite the bullet on keeping uh, McNabb whether you think he can run the two-minute offense or not. The man has been proven over uh, uh, over time. This young man has uh, has proven he's battle tested. He can play the game. Um, I know that if the, he is becomes available, uh, I don't know if the Cardinals going to go after him or not. I know they can use him um, because if Cole doesn't go to come through, uh, McNabb lives here in the Valley. He's been working out with Fitzgerald. This drill uh, absolutely loves the guy and would love to have him on their roster. And the uh, the NFC West uh, schedule is is so laxed. I believe that uh, with a sur- a spark of surge of a guy like McNabb, they can easily take over the NFC West. And being the two formidable uh, opponents would be San Francisco and Seattle. I think um, having a guy like him would add when, would at least give you a minimum of five to six wins with with his arm and his legs uh, uh, by himself. But with the rest of the team, they should uh, be able to get another five to six wins with the rest of the team kicking in. And that's just my thoughts from Under the Helmet with Derek Kadar. That's right, baby. You heard it from me. All right, the next on the deal here, uh, uh, here is I have um, – Mr. Johnson expected, uh, from the Titans, expects to go to the playoffs this year. And, uh, this young man is such a, uh, phenomenal talent. He, he just, just needs some help around him. Now, if they're able to keep some guys healthy, on the defensive side of the ball, this guy is capable of, of uh, putting up some numbers, but he also needs receivers and quarterback to interact and play to keep to keep the field wide open so that they don't become one-dimensional. And whether this new head coach is going to get that done or not, it's going to be yet to be determined. So we're going to have to wait and see with this Titans uh, prediction of Johnson expecting to go to the playoffs this year. Let's just get out of this lockout first before we start talking about can we get to the playoffs this year huh let's get that done how about that all right can Cove help to uh, be a perfect fit for the cardinals to win the nfc west that's a question that was posed by me by one of my listeners and i just wanted to put that down as one of my topics to discuss today I know uh, Cobb. Cobb has been given a contract at the end of his. Uh, no, it was uh, during the middle of the season. Cobb was awarded a new contract uh, with the uh, with the Eagles, along with Michael Vick, emerges as the starter. So. Uh, Cobb is going to cost a lot of money to, for the for the uh, Cardinals to get uh, out of that deal with the with the Eagles, and they're asking too much. They're they're asking for a current first rounder and a current starter and a future first rounder, and uh, that 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 is a, uh, a steep price to pay. But is it really when the Cardinals are in such desperate need of a quarterback, and then with the season approaching so fast with Training camp is approaching next month this time next month. Uh, some of these guys should be in training camp, getting ready for that that the Hall of Fame game that's played up in Canton, Ohio, and uh, they need to get this thing resolved and done so the the NFL season can take place as, as usual. but uh, uh, we're going to have to wait and see about that tomorrow when those guys get meet up in Chicago. we'll see. All right. The next, uh, the next, uh, the topic that I want to discuss before we have some possible callers calling in today. Don't forget to call in today at eight 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 three four six nine one four four. If any one of these topics you want to discuss, we can uh, hash it out on live on the air. Okay, Ocho Cinco uh, thinks that Mister Pryor would be a Awesome quarterback. Now, and he's talking about in the future. But you got to remember that Ocho Cinco got a situation with his quarterback. Is uh, is. Uh, is threatening retirement because he does not want to be with the Cincinnati Bengals any longer. He's uh, asking for a trade immediately, and if you don't trade him, he's uh, threatening to retire. So with that said, um, I believe the uh, Cincinnati Bengals did take uh, take a quarterback in the second or third round uh, this uh, this past draft. And they also... Ocho Cinco is lobbying for this young man to uh, <laughs> apparently for them to take him in the supplemental draft, and that would be an awesome addition to a young quarterback core that uh, may they may not let go of that quarterback here in uh, Cincinnati. And with that said, you know that's uh, that's going to be a steep deal for them to do because they're not going to let them go without any compensation. And uh, with uh, with uh, this lockout freezing everybody out, uh, there's no negotiations being done. So it's this is not going to be a viable uh, option for the Cincinnati Bengals uh, coaching staff and or front office to, to do with uh, him putting them uh, against the wall. Uh, to force this trade and, uh, this, <laughs> it just doesn't look good. Alright, with Pennington and, uh, down there in South Beach, Miami, he is, uh, has announced this morning that he is going to sit out the 2011 season. I believe he's, uh, undergone an, uh, another surgery on his shoulders and Pennington has had a a wonderful career up there in New York, but uh, he's, he's also had some trouble, uh, which led to his release down to Miami.
2: And uh, he's
3: been hot and cold and uh, uh, on and off in his career, uh, and, and all due to in- injuries with this young man. And, you know, I, I don't think he's ever lived up to his potential, but, uh, man, I've sure seen a whole lot of spark in his career, uh, uh as he's been he's been chugging along way. he showed a whole lot of spark and promise back in the past but man with uh with the continued injuries to his body his shoulder his arms you know uh it goes to show you the NFL I tell you they keep telling you it's not for long and this young man has endured a lot of punishment and i just wish him the best to recover from his most recent surgeries that he's just acquired I believe he had a, a, a surgery on his rotator cuff and you know with um Big defensive linemen crushing down on on these guys uh, and, and landing on them is when it, this is when it really uh, injures their shoulder. Landing on them when their arm is in throwing motion and it's uh, you got to credit that to his offensive of lineman. You got to you got to make an investment on your offensive of linemen to protect your prized quarterback, and that's what it's all about. From under the helmet, you got to get that done over there in Miami. Get it done. Protect your guy. Come on now. Now, with that said, I would like to uh, say that Roy Williams uh, believes that the uh, veterans are in are uh, stands to. Benefit from this lockout, so, uh, but the rookies, they're losing the young guys to this lockout, and he thinks that this, uh, this hurts them, and I believe he's right with that being said, uh, by Roy Williams from the Dallas Cowboys. He has mentioned that, uh, on his, uh, on, uh, uh the Dallas Morning News this morning about that, and he's right, uh, the development of the young players, don't get that opportunity when you lose this much time during the off season. Now, we want to just uh, bring it back after we take a tic tac right after these messages. All right. <laughs>
0: Time 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
2: What sets apart Voice
1: from the other video content providers on the internet?
0: Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
2: You are listening to From Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard. We want to hear from you now. Call in with your comments, questions, or whatever to 1-888-346-9144 1-888-346-9144 or shoot us an email to dk7drey at yahoo.com Now, back to the show.
3: Welcome back From Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard. Hey, we, um have this online calling you can call in at 888-346-9144 i have to reiterate that again because i like to have interaction with my listeners and i enjoy these call-ins all right uh we have next on our list today is four bcs commissioners were paid one million dollars and um and there were like six powerhouse conferences paid for their top executives, a million dollars or more. And AP analysis for tax records show, uh, shows uh, far eclipsing the compensation of most university presidents a review of the 09 IRS returns the most recent available shows that Big Ten commissioner Jim Delaney was the highest paid receiving a total compensation valued at 1.6 million followed by the ACC commissioner John Swofford 1.1 million so the SCC uh Mike Slye uh was paid 1 million and Big 12 commissioner Dan Beebe was paid 997,000 the other two commissioners uh each started in July 09 uh, so the compensation figures are only for the last six months of the year. Pac-10's Larry Scott was paid 735000 and Big East John Marinato was paid 366000 You know, these guys are, are, are being paid a hefty amount of money, uh, to, of for these BCS uh, officials to, to, to uh, continue their the carnage here uh, with the uh, NCAA, and uh there's a lot of money being thrown around guys and uh that's going to lead me into talking about these uh these kids uh you know this the, the, the NCAA has a lot of issues to resolve and they have a lot of issues with it, with a, a number of universities that are in they're in a uh what do they call that uh they're about to levy some some uh some sanctions on Tennessee, uh who else? Ohio State. A uh, number of schools are going to be levied with with some sanctions this coming year and uh it all relates to uh not uh, uh not players and coaches not conducting themselves uh, accordingly, uh, accordingly to the rules of the NCAA, and uh, and it all comes down to money and uh, it's uh, and not being responsible for their young men that are out there uh, receiving uh, cash donations for their services and or items that they sell. So there is an issue with this and they need to come uh and resolve this you got uh yes sir put him on mr elson Ridge, how you doing sir
1: real good dk baby how you feeling man happy father's day to you
3: Blade. hey man happy father's day to you too man i did you enjoy your day
1: Oh man, I have my daughter and the family around, man. Regular Sunday
3: just on steroids. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Same here, man. Same here. I enjoyed it. Well, hey, man, you know we have uh, uh, the issue that I'm talking about live right now is that the uh, yeah, the NCAA is, has this double edged sword of of, uh, of of having all these sanctions and rules and regs, but you know they make tons and tons of money off of these young men and and uh, uh, and of course the young we're not we're not going we're not blinded that, that all these young uh scholastic athletes uh student athletes are being paid to go to school and that's their compensation, uh the ruined board and, and they're and they're uh taking care of their their education. Now they like, return and the players uh, give out a service of, of performing out on the field and, 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 and they pack the stadiums, they get the T V contracts, they they're selling the merchandise, they're on A E Sports, they are they <laughs> man, these kids are making Millions and hundreds of millions of dollars for these universities, but their compensation is minimum and none. What are your What are your thoughts on that, Mr. Elston? You,
1: know, you know, D, we came up in that era, and and we know what that stipend check was, right? Right. Right. You know, you know, you remember that amount? Uh, $240. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking a month, people, a month, a month. Yeah. Okay, that was 1984, 83. Yeah. You know, we're, we're talking a very little amount of money that these kids are compensated, along with their room and board, and, of course, their education, which is critical, and, and that gives for a lifetime. But you've got to understand, the, the rules of the games have changed. And, and because society has changed, because technology has stepped into the floor, and, and, and everything has just kind of gone with it at that hyper speed, the NPAA needs to resharpen this tool to deal with what we're dealing with right now and today. Their um, sanctions, their rules are a bit antiquated, and they need to step into the day times. And day times, they really have to take into consideration the amount of money that is generated by these programs, by these young men on the field. It is not much unlike what's going on with the NFL players and owners in in, in a different um, dichotomy, of course, but you know, very similar traits are running through here when you're talking about the amounts of money through sponsorships. You mentioned EA Sports alone, the billions of dollars that they have been putting into the um, football economy over the last 15, 20 years since they've been around. So there's a lot of new pieces to the puzzle, a lot of new moving parts. And the NCAA really needs to step up in the times and really look at everything with a clean eye and, and, and even have to think about maybe compensating these players or, or at least having them a way to go um, if their families are in dire need. You look at the Reggie Woods situation, which is probably you know, 50% of the kids that are coming into school are facing some kind of dire emergency at home. And they're walking away, the bread earner for the house possibly, to go get an education. And it puts stress on the family. So they're really going to have to, to make this right, open up their ideas and the way they're thinking about it, approaching and attacking this problem, or we're going to continue to see 10, 20 years from now the same problems we saw 10, 20 years ago.
3: Well, uh, Elson, you know I, I really think if they was to open their books up like the NFL, like the US players are asking the NFL to do, when I say open up the books, I'm talking about what about the concession stands? What about the parking? Man, yeah. I paid sixty dollars to park my car. I got to pay eight dollars for a hot dog. Now you know I need something to wash that hot dog down with. They charge me another six dollars for a coat. Good lord, man! I'm out of twelve dollars for a hot dog and coat. Good lord, man! You know I got a grandson and a granddaughter then that, now that's another twelve dollars apiece yes, for them sir. T- yes sir and they're I mean, me over not. every which way but lose big fella come on you just <laughs> got you're me not. at the parking lot big fella <laughs> 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 got a around in the parking lot
1: gonna get more big concession stand, and maybe get murdered in the stands now david oh. <laughs> trying to open it up so you can bring your your unconcealed license your gun into the stadium can you imagine
3: wow
1: yeah, yeah, it's on the boards in Indiana. Check it out. It wow. Is, you're gonna brand, you can, just because you're able to brandish and show your gun, you're going to be able to bring it to the stadium, a place of competition where where where, where, um, where temperatures are known to run high, and everybody's going to be now armed?
3: Wow. <laughs> that is freaking amazing. I'm going to have to look that one up, big fella. I'm going to be honest. You, 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 you blindside in me with that one, big fella. Yeah, man. Man. Like, no, man, I'm telling you, man, we really
1: need to look at the way sports is related in our society now. It's such an important, integral part of it. And, and really, D, did you understand this when we were playing, man, how, how big sports was, or, or was it still becoming big? I think it always was big, and I think getting so close to it, I didn't, I mean, maybe I'm just talking out of my ass with I didn't
3: understand how big it was. No, I didn't. I didn't know that uh, during our time back at University of Nevada that we were uh, a part of a contract that took place with the uh, the Big Sky, and uh, we were when I say we were part of a contract, ESP We were we were shown on regionally on ESPN. Uh, with uh, with all the appearances we made in the in that uh, playoff run we did back in '83 wow wow and they made uh, the universities uh, that were involved uh made tons of money and uh and uh we were a big part of of launching uh the University of Nevada Wolfpack into the stratosphere of getting some of those contracts into big sky in the big sky era so that
1: big sky era is, is, is very underlooked, man i mean you you look at some of the players they come out, Still relevant to this day, out of that conference at that time, in particular when we were winning our championships back then, Derek. Uh, yeah. It's really amazing to see the amount of talent that came in during that ten-year generation of out of the Big Sky, and particularly out of our school. We had a bunch of guys come out and do and have a number of years in the pro math. And I love to think, you know, my senior year, we had the most dominant defense the Big Sky has ever known to this day, with over seven guys on the first team. All Big Sky Conference team, which hasn't been done, and it hasn't been done by any conference, let alone first teamers. You know, so those are my guys that I captain, man, and I have a lot of pride in that. And those guys, I'm telling you, you look at our, you look at our defensive stats for that year, 1985, man. We nothing came out, man. I mean, nothing, nothing was going down. I think we averaged maybe six points a game for the conference. So yes, there was just a lot, man. And there was a lot of talent going around at the time. You know, you were able to go to San Francisco and the Los Angeles and the Stockton area, the Northern California and Southern California area to get that talent. So the stuff that slipped away from USC and UCLA, you know, usually ended up in Nevada or Oregon. And subsequently, you see, you know, those championships follow with that talent.
3: You're right. You're right. You've got a lot a ton of talent going up there to Oregon. Uh, we've lost a ton of guys here down in Arizona up to Oregon and uh, uh, uh it, when USC overlooks them, uh, and or they're not uh, they're not being recruited, they end up in uh, Oregon or up there in Nevada.
1: And you, you know that feeling, 'cause I know you know you wanted USC or UCLA, and, and when you went to Reno, how uh, you felt when you came across those cats when you was ready to play them, right, D?
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's showtime.
1: <laughs> you're, you're on what that feeling, I don't think you have to dig too far for that one, baby
3: boy. That's right, man. Well, hey, man, we want to take a tic-tac and bring it right back. And I wanted to ask you about this contract that Coach Walt just received along with a young man wide receiver that was shot uh, Saturday up in Reno uh, out in the nightlife of the University of Nevada. So we want to take a tic-tac and bring it right back in and come back right after these messages. You going to hang around, big guy? You got it, baby. What you need, baby?
0: 1 p.m. Pacific, to Ray Ellis Sports, right here on the Voice America Network, and let's talk football. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower Racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests but also the most interesting guests in racing. Fit Pass USA with Larry Hedrick, your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bonds America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF.
2: You are listening to From Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard. We want to hear from you now. Call in with your comments, questions, or whatever to 1 888 346 9144. 1 888 346 9144. Or shoot us an email to DK7TREY at yahoo.com. Now,
3: back to the show. Welcome back from under the Hell I'm with Derek Kennard. I got my special guest, uh, uh, Mr. El- Elston Ridgeo, and Elston a former player with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks, Buffalo Bills, the Raiders. Man, I lose track of that. big I baby. do them all, baby. Hey,
1: <laughs> in the bummer back there you remember? that was Plan B free agency, man? So. I used to boot
3: them and shoot them every year, man. You were on the run trying to make more money, dude. You're oh, horrible. absolutely, absolutely. Well, hey, man, I, while we still got you, I wanted to uh, ask you about. Uh, did you read about Coach All getting that new contract and, yes, I did. and then And he, uh, instead of him getting that extension and all that money that we were throwing at him, he he turned it around and said, "Hey, I want to take a pay cut." The whole state of Nevada and 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 the city of Nevada is really taking a financial uh, hardship and uh, and hit, and everybody's being asked in the entire state to take pay cuts. So he's decided to take it upon himself uh, with this uh, ex- contract extension and and pay raise. Opposed to taking all that money they was throwing at him, he turned it around and said, "Hey, everybody's taking a fourteen percent pay cut. I'm going to take a fourteen percent pay cut, uh, opposed to accepting all this money y'all throwing at me." What's your thoughts on that?
1: You know, Coach, y'all really surprised me, man. You know, and, and playing for the man and knowing the man and then watching him over the years, man. It, it just, you know coach called man, you had that thing with them, no matter what you were doing if you were a leader on his team. You guys butted heads. It's just a natural thing. A yeah. thing. You, know, it, it, you have a way of thinking you're a leader. He's the coach, but you're a leader, and you speak for the guys. So you guys go through that thing. But with all that being said, man, I always have respect for the coach. And with this, man, he is really showing that, number one, he's a very shrewd businessman, and, number two, he really has a heart for Nevada, and and, and he weaves he that blue blood, and you know that's nothing but true with him. And I think it was a, a great, great monument and testimony to his um, devotion to Nevada football. And and really and truly, man, Chris off is Nevada football. He is,
3: yes, he is.
1: You know, Dean smith of football for Nevada, and then that's period. If there's nothing else. It's Clutch and Nevada, and it's always going to be known as that. So I applaud his gesture. I, again, think he's a very shrewd businessman. He's always been, and I think he's a brilliant coach, and he's got the talent there to do what he needed to do to really make that program, to take that next level of step up. I want to see these cats go number one, man, and that's what I'm pushing for, because if Boise can do it, you know damn well Nevada can do it.
3: Oh, absolutely. Now, dude, with this gesture that Coach Arnold is doing, is he setting himself up here to to run for office possibly in the future? Is you, do you think there's any undertones to that?
1: Well, you know what, he's positioned perfectly for that endeavor if you really look at all the cards that they stack up for Coach. I mean, he has that political influence and knows the people in those markets. It's really coming down to if he wants to run or if he feels like he wants to take that burden on with his family at this particular point. But uh, Coach has a lot of options right now, and if Nevada football keeps on winning, his options will continue to grow.
3: Absolutely, man. I I I I uh, echo those uh, sentiments that you just uh, mentioned about Coach Alden. I think he's done an awesome job with this program, man. What do you think about this young fellow that went out Saturday night, and they have no idea of, uh, that this drive-by shooting that occurred outside of a nightclub down in Reno, Nevada, Saturday night? We got the wide receiver and a few more of his teammates out on the town, and and uh, some shots ring out by a car passing and uh he was shot in the abdomen it, it doesn't look life-threatening but coach states that it was just a drive-by shooting and there was no other uh uh, uh issues regarding this uh it was just a, a straight-up drive-by shooting what, what what's become of a, the biggest smallest town in the world
1: you know what it, d it's just really unfortunate man that you know, when we were there, D, that, that, that is almost unthinkable. You know, if you heard about that, where I came from down the South Central when, you know, right. the cocaine trade and they were pumping all that cocaine in through the CIA and all that mess. Even in Stockton. posting us a cocaine and, um, culture um, throughout the states. But you really didn't have that back shot in when we were there. It, it really didn't quite make it there. Um, right. Now to see, you know, 15, 20, 25 years later for – Uh, The the, the remnants of that to still be in effect there and and, and really affect how our guys now, young players at Nevada, um, hang out and have fun, it's really sad to see that. And I think more than anything, you really have to look at not only players at the college level, but even up to the pro level and, and, and how we are looked at, how we are viewed in public, how people perceive us. And you know, there are people out there that want a piece of that or there's some people in there that want to tarnish that. And yeah. sometimes you target it that way. Other times you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. So you have to question, you know, your motives and, and and what you need to be doing when the season's going on or even when the season's not going on and, you know, where you're going and what you're doing, who you're associating yourself with and, and really more so it seems like Athletes of all kinds, if they're in the public eye, are really going to have to start partying at home. You know, really getting together with the guys, getting the family together. If you need girls, man, call them up. Just get them over there somehow. But you're not going to be able to go out and do much now because the social network and the social society that we have now, the socialverse, it's just too much exposure out there. And it's too quick to get information here to there that you're here. And uh, you know you can be
3: targeted very easily now. Yeah, and with uh, with the element of uh, the females uh, uh, out there seeking a guy like the young fellow that was shot, he's a promising young man to possibly go to the next level after his senior year this year, and he's looking at uh, maybe going to the NFL. And uh, the young lady uh, that he's that uh, that is probably seeking him is uh, is somebody else's young lady during the day, uh, during the weekday, and during the weekend. She's uh, she's out seeking. <laughs> she out yeah, chasing yeah, yeah. these ball players, yeah. Yeah, You're me. staying
1: in a very delicate PC way because we, you know, we live on air. But you know how it runs, man. Oh, I mean,
0: absolutely.
1: Man, between the lines that what we're talking here, and we do want to keep this uh, PG so we can't get this information out to the younger crowd because <laughs> we don't want to turn it off by the by the language. But hey, this game on top of game when you get at certain levels and you're making money, no matter what you're doing, be it in the celebrity world, music. Um, athletics, all those things have a common thread in that they are high-profile jobs They bring in a lot of money that attract a lot of vipers from every angle. And if you're in the game, you need to be very wary of any new friends, new companions, and just even just going out to be known or see seen. seen. Because you're young, and you want to be seen, and you want to be out, you want to enjoy some of the success, and you've been tightening in this box all this time, and you finally get a chance to go out. But you know what? You really need to think about that next
3: level step. To see that's more right. Time. Man, that's some good sound advice from a good father that's been a good father to his dad, to his daughter, his only daughter. And, man, I want to thank you for coming on live with me here over from under the helm of Derek Kennard, man. I want to thank you once again, man. You've been a good friend and a long time uh, a, a, a brother to me, man. I appreciate you.
1: Hey, you know, D, we go back a long time, man. you you part of the reason I made it to that level, dog. battling with you on a daily basis, man. So, you know, we run dicking people that work like pride, man, and, and it stays forever, man. So, much love to you and the family there and your, your listening audience, man. I wish you well, Carl. Invite uh, me anytime, D. You know, anything you, anytime you want to talk about anything, man, I'm more than willing to give you an opinion on it.
3: Absolutely, man. You take care, man. God bless, man.
1: You too, man. Be well. All right, man.
3: Peace. All right, back here live from Under the Helmet, and I wanted to just say a few shout-outs before we go off tonight. We have... Oh, let's see, com. I'd like to give that out today to uh, go out to uh, see Derek Kennard Jr. out at com. get your workouts on, and we also have AZ Pop Warner, Uh, I am uh, currently on the board of directors with them with ArizonaPopWarner.org, get your kids signed up for Pop Warner, and uh, Kids at Hope Academy, of course I am the, uh, the school counselor at the Kids at Hope Academy there at uh, Blueprint Education. I want to thank all of our listeners for coming on live with me here from Under the Helmet with Derek Kennard, and please come back to visit us next week from Under the Helmet. (laughs)
2: Thanks for joining us for From Under the Helmet. Derek Gennard will be back next Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Sports Channel for another look at college and pro football from Under the Helmet.